0: Are you an HR Department of One trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, my friends, grab your coffee and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. I'm your host, Brenda Neckbottle, a 20-year human resource professional ready to explore the hr industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce if you're looking to implement new best practices to make your job easier in hr then this podcast is for you Welcome you back to the Best Practices in Human Resource Podcast, folks. It is great to have you back. This show is all about helping you take the guesswork out of understanding the human resource side of business and working through this changing landscape. I'm Brenda, your host and a practicing HR consultant, and I'm here to help you sort through the mass amount of human resource information and help you take that stress out of defining your best practices. This podcast is for anyone who's in a position of managing and administrating human capital in your business, and there's a great deal to this industry and having access to real-time information and the correlating guidance is going to help you achieve your goals. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support. I think it's just awesome that you guys are along for this ride consistently. Um, It's my goal to get you some really great information all the time that's going to help support the things that you need um, on the work front. So I'm so glad you guys are here. And if this is your first time listening in, well, you know what? Got another great show that's going to help you move your HR objectives forward. So what if you could get help information faster? So keep listening to this episode as I'm going to provide you with a variety of resources that are going to help you manage your company's HR function. Now I remember when first starting out how challenging it was when surfing the internet to pretty much figure out what website was providing accurate information or not, looking up information in libraries finding a lot of, you know, outdated information in the Internet was so incredibly different back then and today through experience and exposure I've been able to spot the good content over what I see as the heavily saturated and dollar topics. So I'm in the people business and that's challenging enough. So there's so much when it comes to the HR landscape that in and of itself is just a challenge. So my mission is to work smarter and harder to find and share the right resources because I know what it feels like to be in your shoes. Now I'm going to provide you with a number of useful resources both in this episode and on the affiliates page of my website that lists the top companies that I've worked with and I know through my relationships and experiences are going to be able to provide solid solutions for your problems. Now I'm here to help you connect to these vendors, people, and services that will certainly ease the pressure of trying to cipher through that overwhelming or underwhelming amount of data, kind of depending on where you're looking, and that's going to help you in your day-to-day practices. So in short, I'm just going to continue to load you up with a number of opportunities. Today in the studio, we have Lola, the veteran wellness dog, who's probably going to chime in periodically as I can hear her moving around, (laughs) and her assistant champ, the lovable wonder dog, but most importantly, we're going to talk about today's hot topic, which is actually going to be the feature to our episode, and it's a continuation of a prior episode on marijuana usage that we spoke about before. Um, We're going to look at employment law changes. We're actually specifically going to just go through some poster changes. We don't have much in that regards. We've got announcements, a free resource, and then going to go ahead and end it with the quote of the day. Now the information that is available through this podcast is just for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respects to any particular issue. And if you don't have an employment attorney, you can go ahead and contact me and I may be able to refer you to one through our affiliates program. So as I mentioned before, We're going to take a look at some changes that are taking place specifically only with posters. So I'm going to quickly run through the states and the counties, um, or in fact sometimes cities, um, who have had poster changes. If you need to update your poster, please jump over to the website over at bestpractices.work click on the affiliates tab and then click on uh, the uh, compliance center uh, affiliate program that we have and you'll be able to go ahead It's the labor law compliance center you can go ahead and use the code get a discount on updating your poster so real quick michigan kentucky indiana florida california maine rhode island vermont nevada massachusetts new york state not city uh, san francisco new jersey Westchester County in New York, and Bernalillo, New Mexico, you folks have poster change updates, so make sure that you guys stay compliant, low-hanging fruit, Uh, don't let that linger. (laughs) Today's topic was spurred by the announcement and the outcome of the New York City determination uh, around being able to Uh, test for pre-employment purposes um, the use of THC and now that ability has been prohibited and initially when this determination came out I'm starting to think oh my gosh this is gonna be a disaster like what is what was the city thinking and since then I've learned some more details around this uh, new law that has been actually put into place and um, I want to share with you some updated snippets that comes from a blog and you are welcome to jump over to to this particular website and catch up on this. So um, our friends over at Jackson Lewis have a, a fantastic blog, and this is one of the resources that I pay attention to for updates, but I certainly encourage you guys to go over, especially those of you who are in New York City and really haven't had a lot of access to uh, this information go to jacksonlewis.com, click on their blog link, and then you're going to look at under uh, the drug and alcohol testing law advisor. So basically, I'm going to do some call-outs based off of some of the information and some other resources that, you know, I review on take a look at. But most importantly, I'm going to give you this so that you guys have something that you can go dig into yourself. And, you know, we had Christina on a couple episodes ago about, you know, how do you go about talking to your unemployment attorney? So you are welcome to, you know, reach out to her, start with her if you guys have additional questions. So I want to make sure that y'all have that resource. Okay, so so this announcement came out on the 13th of May, so it's this week, and um, basically what they are conveying is that as the law was not signed or vetoed by the mayor within 30 days of it being put into uh, existence, it actually became a law effective on May 10th, 2019. Now that doesn't mean that employees get to run out and start doing what <laughs> you know doing what they do and not worry about testing for it if they're going to switch jobs. Because this actually won't go into effect until May tenth, twenty twenty. So that gives employees or excuse me, employers the opportunity to take some time and, and really kind of work through this challenge that's coming up. Now bear in mind that this really is the first time a city has laid any type of ordinance out on this and um or anywhere in our country to where banning for pre-employment testing has actually started to take place. So this is blue ocean as far as this goes. So, but I definitely want to go ahead and and continue to throw out uh, some call outs uh, again from uh, the the first blog that Jackson Lewis wrote about this back in April 2012 and 2019. So um, basically short version, it is unlawful to, uh, Practice uh, pre-employment drug screening it will be viewed as a discriminatory practice if you actually try and do that and it is specific um, To testing of THC, which is the main psychoactive component of marijuana. Um, It is Doing so and holding that as a condition of employment bad totally against the law now the law actually does Um, not applied to specific applicants of positions and and this is really what we're going to cover. So those that are in law enforcement or hold other types of jobs with law enforcement um, and certainly have in some form of investigation function within the Department of of Investigation internally that does not apply okay also any type of positions that you know have to do with specific uh, building codes or specific labor law codes specifically focusing on construction and maintenance jobs and you guys in New York City gonna have to do your homework on this um, doesn't apply to these positions as well Um, anybody uh, in any position that requires a commercial driver's license um, you can get tested for pre-employment drug screening on uh, THC. Um, It also does not apply to those who supervise children or or have children in their care as part of their job, any type of medical patient or anybody that would be deemed as vulnerable from uh, the certain social services law sections that they have and basically that's surrounding physical and cognitive disabilities as well does not apply to those individuals. It also does not apply to positions um, with any potential to impact the health or safety of employees, members of the public, um, and a bunch of other type of city wide uh, positions. So again, you're going to want to definitely dig into that as well. And how those positions have been defined and deemed in, in what individuals. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. So definitely if you're in New York City check that out. Additional exclusions also uh, this, the law does not apply to drug testing required by any re- regulation um, that is out there by the US Department of Transportation that requires pre-employment drug screening as well as city or state regulations that adopt the DOT rules. So Um, That is going to be, again, once to driving, you know, larger type of heavy vehicles, um, there's, you know, you can still use pre-employment drug testing um, for those particular positions, so they are not not exempt from it. Also, any government contract. So when we talk about federal contracting, state contracting, as so long as the provisions are in the contract, Um, those employees can still be tested for a condition of employment for pre-employment drug screening. Um, Also any other federal state regulation that requires drug uh, testing of prospective employees for purposes of safety um, or any type of security. Law enforcement, again, um, they can be uh, they can be tested for THC for pre-employment. And then finally, Anybody who's a prospective employer is uh, who is party to a valid collective bargaining agreement that specifically addresses pre-employment drug screening uh, for specific applicants. So uh, you guys are not exempt from that. And you know, why is this stuff significant? Why why do I keep bringing this up? Well, you know, this is one of those things that it really is a challenge in the workplace. And, it's again it's the first law of its kind in this country and and you know over the last several years you know we've been facing this huge shift when it comes to you know the changes in how people are addressing the use of marijuana both medically and recreationally now anybody can sit and debate its merits and its setbacks but that's not what this is about and that's not what i'm here to do um like alcohol though legalized marijuana usage that is abused will create similar issues all right so when you're looking at if somebody has a substance abuse problem be it marijuana any other type of controlled substance substance um, alcohol um, you know there are things that protect an individual and don't protect an individual and specifically when you're talking about american with disabilities act if you have an individual that is actively seeking treatment for abuse of a particular substance, well, they're protected under ADA. If they are not actively, you know, getting any type of treatment, and if they are continuing to use and abuse, well, now you're getting into that grayer area, so long as they're not seeking, then it is likely they are not covered under ADA. So you know, there are things out there that really make this complicated, and ADA is certainly one of those areas so if you're you know up against somebody who has a substance abuse problem or an alcohol you know problem then you have to take those things into consideration and this just takes this up one more notch so employers that do not permit employees to you know that do not permit their employees to report to duty or operate while at work under the influence of alcohol it is still reasonable for an employer to apply that same practice with marijuana you can't test for it. I mean, you can test for alcohol. It's not a very good test. It's a buccal swab. You stick a, you know, Q-tip in the mouth and it comes back because it burns off at a specific rate. Um, So if you can't test for pre-employment drug screening, it is feasible to believe that at some point in time Uh, somebody's gonna come up with a law that says you can't test for THC under reasonable suspicion either. So that, you know, could potentially complicate things as well. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind in the future. But if somebody is acting strange and you can't smell anything but you can definitely tell that they're under some form of influence, is it reasonable that an employer can actually take action? And and the answer is probably. And you can't give a clear definitive yes or no on that because it all depends on the situation and the circumstances. So really what we're talking about is as employers and in in, in in employment are at risks associated with the safety and welfare of our employee, that's really what this is about, all right? So we're really looking at how do employers how are employers impacted when it comes to addressing safety and welfare issues surrounding the safety of their employees, the safety of their Customers and then also the safety of the general public. Now, I had an experience today. Um, it wasn't what spurred this particular episode, but it was really interesting that it happened um, as I was in the process of actually um, putting this together. So I was on my way to Richmond, which is about you know hour twenty minute hour forty five minute drive where I was going, and I was behind a pickup truck, and the driver it was on the highway. He was smoking a joint, (laughs) it was clear as day. You could smell it coming into my car, you could see him actually do it, you could see the exhale as he was blowing it out the window, which is what got into my vent system, and he was just brazenly open to go ahead and smoke it while he's driving moving at 70 miles an hour. And at some point, judgment becomes impaired, and in fact that's exactly what happened. And I watched him literally nearly get into a collision as he came to a very sudden quick stop behind a stopped line of vehicles. It was right out there in front of him. And I was watching him in my lane, and he wasn't being distracted. He wasn't listening to loud music. He was just smoking his smoke and enjoying his moment. And then all of a sudden, you know, here he was just about ready to cause uh, some pretty serious damage and potential, you know, potential loss of life thankfully nothing happened. Um, but I got out of the way, <laughs> sorry, but, uh, it just really kind of brought it home that, you know, it loosens you up and like, we don't prohibit the use of drinking open container while you're operating a vehicle. Same thing, you know, for marijuana. This is a perfect example. So I'm not advocating or arguing anybody's choice to engage in, you know, use of marijuana. That's, again, that's not the point of the episode. It's not even a debate I'm willing to have. Um, But the point is that employers need to start preparing for what comes next and how businesses are going to react to addressing this topic because it's coming and our laws are changing and we're going to be on a very different path as legislature continues to mold and shift. What's really going to be interesting is when it hits the federal contractor side of the house because it is still listed as a schedule one controlled substance. And I don't believe that the Fed is going to make any major moves on that until the majority of the states have uh, flipped in that direction. And even still then, I think it's going to be a heavily debated topic up on the Hill. Um, There is significant liability when you're talking about the protection and the safety of our country and having individuals who are impaired um, it's just not something that the government is willing to do, and and having them impaired on work. So, if somebody's holding a contract with the Navy or a contract with the Army, and those individuals are overseas in a hot zone, um, you know, you they can't they can't be loaded over there. I'm sorry, because lives are at risk, national security is at risk, and the process to get a clearance is it's strong. I mean, it's it's an arduous process, and depending on what kind of clearance you have. So, you know, having substance in your system that is controlled under Schedule 1 prohibits people from getting security clearances. So um, I don't see from the federal contracting side this loosening up at any point in time, which is what complicates things between the battle, and it's going to happen. There's going to be a battle between the state and the Fed, and it's going to go to court. And I don't know which state is going to do it first, but there will be a state that will go ahead and charge against the federal government to potentially legalize marijuana as a broad and whole and I think the government will win in the area when it comes to national security so that's going to be really interesting so if you guys have questions about this stuff um you know I strongly recommend that you all reach out to Jackson Lewis um if you have an employment attorney and you're in New York City reach out to them start preparing for this now because These companies that issue these tests are going to have to start modifying their practices as well, and it's going to take the full year to get ready for this to happen. So, you know, get on it now. Understand what your responsibilities are. Understand where your limits are. Understand how you're going to need to protect your your rights as an organization. Um, You know, protect your assets risk mitigation, how do you prevent discriminatory practices, Um, you know your employment applications are going to have to change because the language is going to be different. I mean it's just there's going to be a lot to do and I think even after some of these changes are instituted there's going to be additional changes because stuff is going to roll in and out of the courts so somebody's going to go up against something or somebody's going to try and put some more wiggle room to the law this isn't over yet, folks. This is, I think, just the beginning of a very long stretch, so definitely stay tuned. And i am it's something that I'm going to continue to watch as well. So this week I received a question from a listener in Utah and her question is, what is your recommendation for addressing or coaching an executive who will not provide meaningful constructive feedback to her team. She expects human resources to address the difficult or negative issues because she's not good at communicating bad news. This is causing stress on the team." Now this is a really great question and and thank you so much because I've seen this, I've run into it myself, I've got other colleagues that have bumped into this and it's, it's not an easy situation to work through and not every leader is good at communicating feedback. And you know it's the feedback that involves conflict and that could be either due to a lack of experience with it, hasn't been exposed to its values, providing constructive or developmental feedback in a positive way, or doesn't feel really more that what is being provided is actually necessary. So in a case like this, it may seem that it's becoming the team's problem, but in the mind of the boss, there's some underlying thought process that you're just not privy to, and there's that mindset that isn't clearly being communicated. Now, as HR professionals, we're in the human business, and and that's what we focus in on, and that's the human side of things. I've been a firm believer, like many of my colleagues, that we can't ignore the EQI or the emotional intelligence side of our practice as it deals with the intrinsic and extrinsic emotional motivators. Um, However, I have also known colleagues who are very good at the mechanical side of HR without operating with EQI as a foundation for providing feedback. So neither are bad and both are proven to be actually very effective. Now, coming back to the question, it's when operating without the EQI that promotes that toxic environment is where every professional needs to determine how and what they're able to do with it or about it. Now my recommendation is to speak with the CEO and ask if she's open to executive coaching. It's really lonely at the top and when a leader has a person that they can use as a soundboard somebody they can talk to that can help that person work through issues that are exclusive to the realm of a CEO but impacts a culture then a coach can actually be a really great resource and that's really the best place to start is just to see if the leader is going to be open to having an executive coach maybe not necessarily to say hey listen this is what you absolutely need to do but maybe work through okay so if if the person is reluctant on doing it then how do we best utilize the hr department Um, and and not cause a lot of that stress. So if you'd like to talk with me about it, you're you're more than welcome to. You can go ahead and reach out to me and, you know, we can discuss your options. You're welcome to set up an appointment with me at bestpractices.work. You can go ahead and click on the book time link at the top of the page. I'm really, really glad that you gave this answer. It's a complex one. Um, Unfortunately, the, the information in your question isn't I would want to know more details before really go down and and throwing out some, you know, deeper discussion and deeper dive into it. But really, honestly, um, if we can get some executive coaching to the CEO, um, you know, that's going to impact a lot of things, you know, differently and in a very positive environment. So thank you very much. So I'm here to help you define your gold standard in human capital management and help you solve those complex problems that come with employment and managing your people and help you keep in the know on current and developing changes in the employee landscape. So um, I've introduced in the past episodes like what we just did the q and answer segment and I really want to hear your questions. Um, you know you can submit your questions on the bestpractices.org website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards the bottom of that page is a submission form you to Go ahead and post your question which may be read and answered on an upcoming episode just like the one that we did today so definitely want to hear from you guys you can actually also now find me on Quora.com if you you're welcome to go ahead and jump on and follow uh, the que- the questions that I answer on there and I do video answers most of them so I also post a uh, question of the day now on LinkedIn as well so we take a question from Quora and we move one over to LinkedIn And you can, you know, certainly develop some additional best practices through there. So what if there was a way that you can tap into answers to really difficult questions like the one that I just talked about earlier and like the ones that I mentioned over on Quora? So I was very fortunate in my HR career to have exposure to some pretty talented leaders, and many times I just sat and soaked in the information they shared, the decisions that they made and how they went about making them and why they did it and how they actually addressed them when it came time to talk about them. And I consider myself to be extremely fortunate to have been part of something pretty amazing like that. So I'm offering you a similar opportunity. And that is to, again, jump over on Quora. You can go ahead and post your question up there. It's totally, you can do it anonymously. You can put your face up there. That's fine. Um, But you're definitely going to be able to find some pretty interesting answers to very common questions. And, again, you can also follow me on LinkedIn at Brenda Neckbottle so as promised earlier in the show i have a free resource for you and i'm continued to pride you with the strike force energy Uh, drink bonus offering now i've mentioned strike force in many of my episodes and i'm going to give you an opportunity to save some money while you kick the can to other energy drinks in the market Strikeforce energy is a sugar-free no calorie healthier alternative to other energy drinks on the market you can choose from the individual packets or their pump bottles found in four different flavors and if you've listened to this podcast long enough you are going to know that i am a big fan of the grape So visit StrikeforceEnergy.com and enter the new and updated code AFL, that's Alpha Foxtrot Lima, my name, Brenda 455, that's A-F-L-B-R-E-N-D-A 455, to receive 20% off the retail price of Strikeforce. You can also find more information about Strikeforce on our affiliates page at bestpractices.org. And lastly, I have a free gift I'd like to give you. It is the gift that I've been giving all throughout the year. It's going to continue. And I personally understand and know how confusing it is to keep track of all this compliance stuff that is required in this field as well as how and when to find the time to engage in all the other proactive HR uh, pieces that come into play. Now I've created this calendar for 2019 that lists all the compliance deadlines to relieve that tension of having to have you figure out these things for yourself. Now the calendar includes mandatory filing deadlines, nationally recognized holidays, as well as a few best practice recommendations sprinkled into it. It's a bunch of compliance information consolidated into one page. I almost didn't get that one out there, sorry. You want to go ahead and print it, pin it up in your office, and use it as a tool to help you keep all of this information together and you can download this free tool by visiting the bestpractices.org website and click the link at the bottom of the home page. So that is all folks uh, we've got time for today and if you like what you heard today and you know you need to stay up to date on important changes and continue to get advice on how to work with them then visit the website bestpractices.org click subscribe and sign up today to have my best practices delivered to your inbox. And we're going to go ahead and close it with the quote of the episode. And I love this. Love, love, love this. I only put the ones that I really like up here too, by the way. Even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. So thanks, Will Rogers, for that one. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening. And I'm going to talk to you again real soon. Have a great day, guys.